So I'm really, I'm a geek, right? And I read a lot of like, you know, books that might have magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> and uh, I shit you not, man. I am the biggest dork in the gun business. There's no way I'm going to have somebody on day one, let's go run, which is a lot of people think that's a great way to build your endurance. But you don't run after elk. You, you walk. There's a big difference between being in shape, you know, at the gym and having biceps versus being in shape for a hunt. I'm just not, you know, I didn't, I never like worked out in a way like you stretched and you picked up the ball and you the full body workout. It doesn't matter how much you lift, how far you run. You know, in the beginning, we, all, we have to move well. How do you move? And then from how do you move, then we'll add to that. Hey guys, this is Ali Spica. This is Jacob Herman. This is Dr. Brooks Tiller, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, y'all, welcome to episode 109 of Living Country in the City. All right, y'all, getting to today's episode, I have a little bit different of a setup for y'all. While I was out in Nashville after the Professional Outdoor Media Association Conference, I stayed with my good friends Jacob Herman and Ali Spica, and we also had a good friend of ours from Poma, Dr. Brooks Tiller, come out. He is local to the Nashville area as well. We had an awesome workout session with Dr. Brooks. He gave us some incredible tips on functional fitness, so we sat down and recorded an episode really talking about ways for you to get fit for hunting season, functional fitness that will help you in the mountains. But not to end it there, we went on and had a really awesome discussion about hunting as well. But y'all, I'll tell you what, this one turned ended up being so long and we covered two pretty greatly disparate topics that I decided I wanted to split it up into two episodes. So this week, y'all are getting a two-episode bonus here. So this will be the first of the two episodes. The next episode will be coming out almost immediately after. So don't worry, you do not have to wait a whole week to find out how the conversation finalizes. But I hope you all enjoy episode 109 with Jacob Herman, Ali Spica, and Dr. Brooks Tiller. So we're recording, so... Where's the intro and outro music? Um, da, 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 that'll, da, da, da. That gets added after the fact. <laughs> I mean, I really think you need to sing something for us right now. Give, a, give, a, give us your, uh, some good intro music. I mean, we are all in Nashville. Come on, come on, man. Oh, man, I'm on the spot. All I can sing is like Conway Twitty. Well, when give, he's like, hello, darling. 
Nice to see you. It's been a long time. Just as lovely. See, nobody likes it. It's not as good when I don't have Joy Bell singing with me. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Conway Twitty. I know. It also works a lot better when I'm drinking whiskey. So, well, uh... <laughs> you don't close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. <laughs> There's no tenderness anymore in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it, baby. But baby, baby, I know it. So you realize all of this is going in the podcast. One place or another. There's two. Like if we could communicate with an alien, right? And they were like, man... They came to me and they're like, man, you got to pick two movies to send to space. And that's all the like, well, like these other people are going to know about us. Th- those two movies would be Top Gun and Days of Thunder. I could, I could, I could go for Top Gun for sure. I'm yeah. 50-50 on Days of Thunder. No. I don't know. No, that's. You're from California. Your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> I live in Nashville, and the single most horrific sound that you can hear as a Southerner is somebody go, "Hi, I'm from California." That's literally the worst sound you can hear. <laughs> That's also going in the podcast. But you I know you don't give a shit. Like, have you ever heard a car wreck? And like, half the like, people gosh, have now left the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that screeching. That's the fucking. same. When I hear somebody say they're from California, that's the same fearful feeling of like apprehension <laughs> I oh goodness oh dear well y'all you can put that in a podcast i don't care oh no that's definitely going this whole shit's going in the podcast uh well y'all welcome to uh Are, were the lights out in they, the they just went out yeah, yeah they, they definitely went. turned out we're here it's uh, bedtime we're time here in the studio bed. and they're like turning out the lights everywhere but in here i don't know it's if we cur- hear an air raid cur- siren coming curfew. on next i'm uh, curfew there we go well, y'all, I'm uh, out here in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, just got back from the Poma Conference uh, out in Wichita. I am on a little bit of a road trip, making all kinds of new friends, and uh, a cross-country road trip. Yes, a literally cross-country road across trip. the country. Um, it was it was almost cross-country, and now I'm pretty sure. Uh, Leaving tomorrow for North Carolina, it's, it's that is across the country. That 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 takes it, um, y'all. I have made some incredible new friends uh, while I've been out here, um, and I w- want to introduce you uh, to all of them. So, guys, let's go around the table. Just give a quick introduction about who you are, where you're from originally, and how you got your start in the outdoors and hunting. Do I go first? Yeah, you can go Ladies first. Okay. First. So I grew up in Montana, born and raised. I love it there. It'll always be home. This is so, Allie, y'all, if you don't... Uh... Yes, the only female here. Don't get me confused. <laughs> um, yes, Allie Spica. Grew up in Montana, loved it there. So grew up hunting from an early age with my dad. Um, maybe a little redneck. Used to go <laughs> shoot gophers off the porch. Um, I've yet to get to shoot a gopher. <laughs> yes, they're everywhere. So yeah, so I grew up very lucky to be in the outdoors. It's part of my life, hiking every week. So it's 
it's just how I grew up. I love it. There you go. All right, Jacob. My name's Jacob Herman. I am the director at Night Vision Precision Tritium. I'm from Tennessee. All right, so um, really quick. I went for, blank, man. For what the, am I supposed uh, to say? Those of us that don't, don't don't know guns as well, like the the listeners that don't know guns as well. Listeners. What are uh, what's night vision make? Like what are the sites? What's tritium? Like what? Explain that just a little bit, like the quick. Do you want me to start over? No. Oh, we're going. Oh, I this thought, is the podcast, we, we, man. We went the last time six times to get the intro right. Yeah, this is an intro. This is the okay. podcast. So tritium is a radioactive gas. It's a byproduct of uranium enrichment, right? And you take the ass and you stick it in a sapphire, chemically created sapphire vial. You put that vial in uh, the front of your gun, and you can see your sight in low light conditions. So, you know, as it relates to hunting, if you are one of these cats, it's up in the west, right? And you've got a uh, Glock 10 millimeter, and you're like, man, I'm going to smoke that bear if it tries to take my elk or eat me, right? And Allie's playing some background music. Um, it's cool, babe. It's cool. Um, what people don't think about, right? I was just talking to the editor at Peterson's about this. It's like normally you're going to like ideally or not ideally, but normally you're going to be dressed out an animal in almost dark conditions. And you're going to be pa- if they're, you're for packing out this animal. This is all theory. I've never packed out an animal, right? This is a new thing for me. Um, but in theory, if you pack it out, you're going to be packing out dark. Well, if you've got a bear and you whip this pistol out, right? Like, you're like, hey, Mr. Bear, hold up while I whip it out. And uh, you can't... <laughs> That's not the first time you've said that, is it? <laughs> yeah, and you can't see the sights. You're not going to stop the bear. So there was a, a, a thing about um, hits on bears, handguns that save lives, right? And there's, like, all these different guns. And there's a surprising majority of people that save their life from a bear attack with a nine millimeter. And the reason they save their life with a bear attack with a nine millimeter is because they carried the same gun they carry every day and they probably had night sights and they're probably comfortable shooting it and they got rounds on target. If you shoot your forty four Magnum once a year or never and you tote it up in the woods and there's a nine foot tall grizzly coming after you and you whip out a pistol that you've not shot in years you have no idea what the sights look like and you start lighting off rounds you're not going to shoot anything right so you know if you're going to carry a glock 10 millimeter you should have night vision uh sights on it where you can see the front sight uh, in the dark and we make the best sights in the world and so that's pretty awesome that's pretty epic actually it's a cool gig there you go and how did how did you get your who, how'd you get introduced to the outdoors and hunting? My grandpa had a bait and tackle shop. So I grew up at the largest big game checking station in Tennessee. It was on Center Hill Lake. It's called Sonny's Bait and Tackle. And uh, I grew up doing it my whole life or grew up around it my whole life. I went, um, I shot a deer. So I turned 10 in October and like you take your hunter safety course and the youth hunt was like three days later. And I shot my first deer like 10 minutes after the sun was up. And so I went deer hunting for a couple of years and i you know in tennessee it can get pretty boring right i'm not a, like a sit in a tree stand kind of guy i got add kicks in and so i didn't hunt again till i was like 25 i didn't hunt for 10 years i just wanted to shoot guns right the hunting part was that didn't really interest me i just wanted i liked the gun part right so then i got older and i guess it was 25 or 26 or, and we went we worked at a company and we went down to texas and shot a ton of hogs and I was like, man, this is fun. So went from there, some more hunts, and um, 
then I had the opportunity to go on an all dad hunt on West Texas, like a true free range all dad hunt. I didn't get one. The other two guys got one, but it was a brutal seven day hunt down on the Rio Grande uh, River, right? Like south of Van Horn. It was miserable. And uh, then I went to Africa, been to Africa four times. So I've been really blessed to do that. That's really cool. Um, you know, so it's kind of weird, though. I've been to Africa, but I've never shot a, never shot a duck. <laughs> you know? And uh, I, it's like my goal to shoot one of these groundhogs at, in Montana. They're uh, not. Those Montana go, groundhogs, I hear, are pretty vicious. Gophers, gophers, whatever. They're called gophers. Whatever. And she's like, you know, I, she, I only see them when she, I, she's not there. And I'm, like, typing to my computer. And I look up, and I'm like... There's one. Like when... And then I run all over the house looking for a gun. Right? I'm like, where are the guns in this place? Growing up, yeah. Used used to shoot them. Try to get the... Smoke one. Like, I really want to shoot one. So it blew out. Um, (laughs) But no, and then, you know, I'm lucky enough to to be in in the gun industry, right? So it's really awesome. So, um, and here, you know, I lived in some places that weren't super, like, a lot of access to hunting. Lived down in Florida for a while, and... I lived in Brooklyn for a year, which was like doing time in prison. And, uh, but there was, there was nowhere to hunt, but I've really enjoyed, I've really, really enjoy Africa. And, you know, if you walk, we moved this week. If you walked in our apartment before, you'd see all these books about African hunting all the way back to, you know, late 1800s when there were still like proper safaris. So mm-hmm. I love, I love shooting in Africa and like love hunting in Africa. It's awesome. We were at a place this year that was the size of Long Island. Like somebody's, farm and we hunted it was beautiful so now it's uh instead of books on african hunting it's zebra rugs and guns in the bathtub yeah (laughs) which is honestly my favorite thing walking in using going to use the restroom and literally the bathtub is almost filled to the brim at the time with with uh various rifles of uh, (laughs) <laughs> different makes and calibers well i mean we moved man we just moved oh, yeah. and i had to have something to do with the, all the guns right and i'm like well i'm not going to take a shower in here might as well put them in the bathtub there you go seemed like a logical <laughs> choice for me it's just I, I have this picture of you like scrooge mcduck diving into his gold but into rifles right it's swimming right. around and like them splashing right you know? right you got yeah. glock splashing up left and right but that's the, that's my mental picture with that. That's good. You know. I mean, I'll take that one. You know, <laughs> I'll I'll stick with that one. All right, and the good doctor. Yes, yes, Doctor Brooks Tiller. Um, for me, I began hunting as long as I can remember. Uh, my dad, my granddad. I was blessed that I had them and just followed them in the woods, followed their steps wherever they went, and we we would fish. You know, from the time I was probably three or four, I was. I was with them fishing. The time I was old enough to hunt, I would hunt with them. Sometimes I remember I was the I was the rabbit dog. Uh, I may not have been big enough to shoot the shotgun, but there's a rabbit in there, and and we didn't have a rabbit dog. But Paul's on one side, Dad's on the other, and I walk through the middle of the brush, and the rabbits come out, and you know we have a rabbit for dinner that night. And uh, but I remember even that time, you know, there'd be times we'd see a rabbit and. Uh, dad would kind of help me hold the shotgun and even though it was probably too little to hold it by myself he would help and you know we would you know I'd be able to shoot a rabbit or shoot a squirrel with a 22 and so from the time I can I can remember I've been in the woods running around with them doing things and and over time just fell in love with just being in the woods didn't care what it was doing if it was just walking or hiking or camping out and that was really like a lot of our vacations we would camp we would just go out and 
camp somewhere. And uh, we played ball, played baseball my entire life. And after after college, I went to medical school, and, and I had my doctorate in physical therapy. So I've worked with a lot of professional athletes. I've traveled the world working with professional and Olympic-level athletes. And, and in all that, it was great. And one of the things that really now uh, with the Healthy Hunter that I've got going is um, I want to help outdoorsmen. I want to help guys and, and they, they want to get out there and, and just – if it's just spend another day fishing with their grandkid, uh, that's really – if I can help them do that, then that's all worth it. Because uh, one of the reasons I kind of started is, is when I was at a fitness conference, we were, I was talking with some guys and they were talking about what are you really passionate about doing? And a lot of these guys are like, man, I want to work with – this professional team or this, these people. And, and it hit me and all that. And I was like, man, that that's great. But if I could just share this knowledge with my granddad, that would be the thing that I would want to do. Like, let me share this info with my granddad. And of course my granddad passed away when I was 17. So at, you know, at 25, 26, I'm 10 years late. I'm not able to do that. But I realized that I could do that for another kid and I could, just share the information I had, my medical background, working with these, you know, being an athlete myself, working with these elite level athletes, what made them great, what made them better. I could help them. I could pass that knowledge on to the everyday outdoorsman, if you will, the, the guy who just wants to, man, I just want to hunt another season. I want to fish another season. And in that, I was, you know, just my focus turned to let me, how can I do this? And so that's kind of where I'm at now is, is, being now getting into the outdoor world, being able to write articles, make some videos. I, mean, I had a TV show for a while on the Pursuit Channel where we would do fitness and segments about here's a simple exercise you can do to get you off the couch. Here's a simple stretch you can do that help prevent back pain during deer season. And uh, now that's what I'm. Now that's really what I'm focused in on. That's where my sights are set of just helping anybody and everybody that I can to improve their fitness, improve their health, to be the best they can be. And it's not about you know, how fast you can run up a mountain or how much you can lift. I, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter how much I lift. It doesn't matter how much you lift. It's about how much we each do. And it's about being better than we were yesterday and being better tomorrow. Uh, so we that we can pass on those things. And it's not just about passing on to our kids. It's like you've talked about a lot. Um, the whole podcast is, you know, you're sharing this information with people who may have never hunted. And, you know, being able to even go into the fitness side. The health side, like guys looking for, I mean, I want organic meat. Well, let's go kill it yourself. And um, knowing that I can share that with other people, and it's uh, it's great that that legacy of my, my granddad, I can even pass that on not only to my kids, but I can pass on to other people as well. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. It's one of those things, I've, I've thought about that a lot, is, is a lot of, you know, the fitness, going in, working out, in training for the hunts. So that's important, you know, especially if you're doing these mountain hunts. But I also thought about it because I know a lot of guys that as, as they get older, they, it limits what they're able to do. You know, they, 
may still want to go on a lot of these uh, these hunts, spend more time out in the woods, but they're just physically not able to anymore. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to get into shape for these hunts, but I also want to be able to continue doing this for many years to come, especially like, because I'm, you know, I'm got a late start in this. I didn't start till my mid thirties hunting. And, you know, so a lot of, a lot of people got 30 some years of experience and enjoyment out of this on me. And it's not that I'm comparing myself to them, but I'm so passionate about it. I enjoy it so much. I want to be in a place where I can get as much time doing what I love as possible. And I think, you know, a lot of the time we get super focused on like, okay, I got to prep for this hunt, but it's more than just that. It's, it's prepping for this lifestyle for years and years to come. Um, and we can all now testify of just how good of a workout it was because right before the podcast, Dr. Tiller took us through a basic level of how to start getting in shape for a hunt and we were all sweating. So, and this was, and half of the time I was taking pictures and I still managed to work up a sweat (laughs) with some of it. And this was guys, this was like just the, the kind of intro stuff too. This was not even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it like a full, full on hardcore workout. level, Level one. It was more introductions to the, to the, we did some, we did the full set of stretching, but then it was more introductions to the movements and things like that. And, uh, I've been I've been doing been doing my workouts lately, but uh, I, whew, <laughs> that was, you know, that, I was I was reminded how far I still have to go. Yeah, and now that's the thing is is whenever starting out with folks, like I said, if you're you know if you're making millions of dollars and you're an MVP, or if you just want to go hunt or go fish, uh, it doesn't matter how much you do, how much you lift, how far you run. You know, in the beginning, we all, we have to move well. That's one thing I always look at is, uh, you know, how do you move? And then from how do you move, then we'll add to that. Um, but if you're not moving properly and you start adding weight, you start running. It's why a lot of people, January 1st, people, oh, I'm going to go get in shape, and they take off running. And I'll see people come in the second week of January and their knees, ankles busted up because they decided they were just going to take off running instead of, actually knowing how to run properly or even just getting themselves ready. They're like, I've been sitting on the couch and eating, you know, the little Debbie Christmas trees for the past two months. Now I'm going to go run. Like, it's not a good idea. Um, You know, let's go for a walk first. And so I think it's one thing is I really, I really like to look at folks and see how they move first. It's kind of like today we were just going through some movements and making sure everybody was kind of. How did I move? You 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 moved like a dinosaur. You moved you, <laughs> an old broken dinosaur. You moved better. You moved better than some I've seen. Did you do you know about like you've seen Legends of the Fall, right? Yes. And they talk yeah. about the old three toe bear. Yeah. Well, that's what I feel like. I feel like the old three toe bear. Like, <laughs> like she's just waiting to put me out of my misery. Yeah. She said I snore. And things, I wake up and like get up in the morning and you can hear the popping. She looks at me and she goes, are you, are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) No, not at all. Don't even bother asking me that. I'm dying. But the thing is, is, is also think about this. It's you like the position that you're in. I mean, you're not, you're not terrible shape. I mean, you can still move. I'm in pretty bad shape, bro. Like, (laughs) well, that's all, it's all relative. Because you've been in great shape before, you said. And yeah, so I've been in relatively good. I would never like. Yeah, I'd never call myself like. 
I don't look like the Rock, but right. Well, you know that's well. We have to change your when DNA I was like for that. Twenty five. Yeah. When I was twenty five and eating steroids, I was in awesome shape. Yeah. So, but you got you you can you can do all this great stuff if you're. But thing is about getting better, and it's also the fact that you know, like today you were doing some stuff and you're moving well in some ways. In other ways, we found places we need to work, but. It's about getting getting there, but you know where you like where you are today. You said you're not in great shape today, but you've been in good shape before. But that that correlation that that line took a while. So you know you're not going to just go from being out of shape to being able to run a marathon and lift 500 pounds overnight. So when you, that's one thing is like a lot of people they want that instant little magic bullet pill, right? And, and you know, but the thing is, is just like anything, if you want to be a better shooter, not anabolic. That's- if you want to be a better shooter, <laughs> if you want to be a better shooter, if you want to be uh, better at anything, it's going to take a while. And you, you can't compare where you are to where somebody is who's been doing it for 30 years. You have to compare against yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, like, okay, well, a week ago, I could, I could only do How one many, push up. Now, How in a shape do you have to be before you get a Mountain Ops sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> just in case you're listening. Well, if uh, <laughs> if if I'm any indication, not not in, good not shape, in shape whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, like you're talking about comparisons, and it's not even it's comparing against yourself, but it's not even comparing against yourself how you were, you know, years ago. Right. Like, because I struggle with that. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not comparing myself to anyone else. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm my own. It's my own battle against me. But. Uh, but then I start thinking, I, I start focusing on how I was when I was doing keto, working out, you know, with a trainer three times a week. And then on my own every other morning, I was shooting my bow every day. So I was working out also my back and my chest and my arms and shoulders. And I'm, I'm doing all of this literally like every day or twice a day. And I look back at that. And I'm like, I get frustrated that I'm not. But I, I get on a, on a stationary bike and I want to throw up after 10 minutes. We're like, also all older yeah. <laughs> you, you know and like you, you know. said you can't compare yourself to the rock i mean no. if you get on instagram and you're like rock's doing this massive workout i'm not the rock like i'm i'm like my dna is not his dna it's different so you always have to like so you have to compare yourself like, and, and even i compare to myself last to Chris week Hemsworth. like am i doing better than last week or you know see that's even i that, think the key is that's small improvements focusing on week to week day-to-day improvement i think is is so important because otherwise you just talk yourself out of it. You're like, I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not, you immediately think you're not seeing any improvement because you're so focused on what you were years ago or, you know, what somebody else is doing. But when you look at, you know, last week, you know, especially if you're doing some sort of routine where you can measure against yourself very easily where you're, you know, whether it's, you know, more reps, more weight, you know, longer distance, you know, uh, longer times in between rests with shorter rests, whatever it is, you know, whether you're doing intervals, things of that nature, it's, that's where you see the improvement. You're not always going to see it in the mirror right away. You're not always going to, it's not going to, it's not always as satisfying, but it's, that's, what's going to keep you going. I feel like when you're, when you're like, why the hell am I doing this? I was just going to say also a big thing that I don't think people realize, um, you know, about hunting and stuff there's a big difference between being in shape, you know, at the gym and having biceps versus being in shape for a hunt. That's mm-hmm. a huge difference. And that's why Dr. Tiller has such an awesome program because it's not 
about that. It's about getting in shape for the outdoors. And that's what I I mean, from working with athletes. So one moment I may be working with, you know, an Olympic gold medalist in beach volleyball. And the next day it may be a Taekwondo player of, you know, that's a silver medalist, whatever. And then maybe a, a CrossFit athlete who's competing at the highest level of the CrossFit games. Then it may be an NFL linebacker, maybe an NFL quarterback could be a major league baseball player. What, you know, in, in each one of those, they all have different aspects. And if you, I mean, when you're a great athlete, you, you might be able to be decent at baseball and basketball, but Michael Jordan's great at basketball. He's a double a baseball player. He's not an MVP world series, you know, ring wearing baseball player. And although he's an amazing basketball player, amazing athlete. And that's the way it is with us. Like, you know, it's also what's your target, what's your goal, and knowing going in, like, do I just, like, am I just wanting to be healthier so I can deer hunt in a deer stand for the next few years? Or do I really want to, like, go to Alaska and chase after a moose or go to Montana and try to go up and down the mountains after elk? Or do I want to go to Africa and spend time there? Like, what, what, what is my goal? What is my purpose? And that's really what it's all about. And, and on that, like, it's – you're not going to get from, you know, day one to day, like, day 365 overnight. And it's that 1% factor I always look at. And, and when you look in the mirror, you don't notice that you're 1% better. But you're getting 1% better. And, and if you think financially, if you have a dollar and you just put it in a money market fund or whatever and you've got, like, 1% gain for the next year, you're going to have a lot of money in your pocket at the end of the year. But if you have a 1% decline, you've got like a penny. You know, that dollar can turn into six figures or it can turn into less than a penny in the course of a year, just 1% at a day. And I think what, that's what we need to do is always like, all right, what can I get 1% better? Like, you know, what's the, you know, it may be like, all right, so I, maybe I didn't work out today, but I, I, made, I made a better food choice than normal. Or, you know, I went and shot my bow and I'm a little bit, if you're 1% better shooting your bow, you know, you're 1% shooting your gun at like 400 yards. Like you're going to be that much better when it comes time. And you use that 1% is the big thing that you have to really focus on. Like, all right, it ain't, you know, I didn't get this way overnight. I'm not going to get back there overnight. And also like, you know, I said, look in the mirror. You're, you're not going to notice it, but people that may not see you for two months after that, you're like, Whoa, dude, like you've lost like what you, and you don't notice it. Cause you mm-hmm. still see the, you know, you, you may still see the little 14 year old fat kid. You know, like that. You That's know, me. I'm still the 14 year old fat. Yeah, kid. Uh, you, you you see the 14 year old fat kid that couldn't get a date. You know, that all the girls are like, "Man, I like you. I like your cousin. I like your I like your brother." You know, they don't like you. That you know that kind of thing. Like, and so they don't see. So you always have that trouble. So you always have to like, like you said, compare yourself to you and only you. And even yeah. then, like, just like, am I getting better? Am I getting closer to my target? You know, it's just like drawing a map. Like, you know, every day, like, am I getting closer to the X on the map or am I going the wrong way? And when you realize, like, okay, I'm going the wrong way, reset my compass, this is the way I need to go, and you get back on instead of just, you know. You don't walk back home. No, you don't walk back home. You don't just jump in the river and hopefully get there. Because you're always your own worst critic. Yeah. And that's like, so you, you don't realize, like, how awesome what you're doing is. And, like, for me, I love, like, the workout we did today. Because you don't have to be in a gym for all of it. Like, I'm not a great gym person. Like, my workout is, like, outside. Like, I want to be outside. I want to be in the grass. I want to be hiking a mountain. Like, that's where I'm happiest. And, like, your workouts are conducive to being outside. 
because you're getting ready for a hunt. Like you can do a lot of your workouts anywhere. Yeah, all you don't, of those you don't stretches. Have to be it's stuck all just in a gym. body weight stuff. It's you know easy to easy to do in the grass at a park. Uh, this stuff with the medicine balls that you know we did. You know, yeah. you can you could fill up a pack. You can yeah. take your pack, and you know if you're just lifting it up onto the shoulders and letting it down. There, you know, there's lots of other functional movements. You don't have to have gym equipment. And no, no, no. I mean, like you know, my my normal gym is in the backyard, and it's one reason is because with the busy, crazy schedule that I have and kids and everything, if I've got a thirty minute segment where one's napping and they're like, okay, their naps overlapping about thirty minutes. You know, I know I'm at thirty minutes. I can run outside and get something done. Like I said, it's, it may not be the, you know, if I had an hour at a fancy gym, I'm my my workout might quote unquote be better. But I would rather do a thirty minute workout, you know, or whatever it is in the backyard, fifteen minutes of just sprinting around, running around, doing something crazy. I'd rather do that than do nothing. And so that for me, you know, just finding that way to get something done. Like you said, fill a pack up and just, you know, you got five minutes early in the morning before the kids wake up, before you got to go to work. You got five minutes, throw your pack on for five minutes and just go walk around the neighborhood, go walk around the yard for five minutes. You know, <laughs> your that's, neighbors are going to start to wonder things. Yeah, yeah. My, my neighbors already wonder things. <laughs> Our neighbors think it's weird we have a bunch of guns. Yeah. Yeah. Try living in California. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think I can get a visa to visit there. Yeah, they may. Uh, they may look at you and go, "Nope, you're not." <laughs> you're, they, they don't believe in borders in California unless it's uh, for me. people like you. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a. You know, it's something we were kind of talking about. Is is you're never going to get that perfect situation. Perfect is the enemy of good enough. And you know, if you can get that little time, and it's just like hunting. It's like you're going to be more successful the more time you spend out in the woods. So you're not always going to have time, you know, turkey hunting or deer hunting, whatever. If you can get out, even if you don't have time to, like, get all your gear perfect and, you know, get, you know, get your 100% camo in, and, you know, find the perfect spot. But if you just, you know, you're like, you know, I got a couple hours. I'm just going to go kind of grab my, grab my rifle, grab my bow, you know. Uh, you know, throw on a camo coat, whatever. I'm good. I'm just going to go wander. You're going to be a lot more successful if, than if the only time you go out is when literally you have the whole day, everything's perfect. And, you know, this and that, because one, you're going to be learning things. You're going to, and, you know, luck plays into it too. And, and you just get that experience. Same thing with working out. It's if the only time you work out is when you have, you know, Good yeah. two hour chunk, and yeah. I've got all, all my sleep equipment. in. Of my my nutrition's been perfect. Now I'm gonna work out. Like you know, like Fred. That's how I learned. Was like you have to have an yeah. hour. You have yeah. to go to the gym. You yeah. got to pick the like. All I ever did was pick up the weights. Yeah, and no, like, well, yeah. you know, that was it. Because I think that's how a lot of people. Yeah, and so when I couldn't pick up the weights, I like, was in. That's what I told you last yeah. week. Like we have a problem. Yeah, I'm going to the cell cunt. I have a problem. Yeah, that's not. You can't deadlift yeah, your you, way out of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can, but like it still doesn't theoretically work, right? Right. Like, right. You got, yeah. Like, you, get, you can deadlift the elk up, but can you get what, it? What out? are you going to do it with it after right. that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I got, I'm going up a mountain. I got to cut weight, right? We're not at altitude. When Allie goes up a mountain, it's like watching like some kind of like 
like wolf run up the mountain, right? Like so light footed I mean, and I, but I know. grew up like you know, exactly. I hiked ten and or I'm twenty like, miles a week. Where's like, the oxygen? Hiking and in the snow, you know, you gotta. I don't do well. Pounce through the snow. Pounce. <laughs> I trod, trod, yeah. trod I like you're on the so death badly want to see you pounce. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I would give anything to see you pounce. But like my favorite thing was like if I had a couple hours, like I would go trail running, you know, mm-hmm. and like you, it's so fun because the things you see, the animals, like yeah. you, I see bears when I'm out. Like it's, I love bears. it. And lions and tigers. Yeah. Well, oh my. one of my favorite trails it was in Bear Canyon. There's bears. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be out on that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. You know, you talked a little bit about some of it. Uh, in You know, like you're just used to going and picking up the weights, and that's what you do in the gym. Right. You have this. What was some of the other stuff that surprised you as we were going through these workouts? Some of the stuff maybe you learned or surprised you just as you were trying out these new movements, these new styles of workouts. Um. I felt places I was like, hmm, that's interesting feeling. I've not felt that before. <laughs> that was, you know, like the, the ultimate stretch was a little rough, right? Like, I'm just not, you know, I didn't, I never like worked out in a way like you stretched and you picked up the ball and you did full body workout. It was like, you know, Monday, we're going to do chest because that's chest National day bitch. because that's what C.T. Fletcher said for me to do, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And then Tuesday, we're going to get on the bike and we're going to do you know, tr- triceps. And then Wednesday is, you know, back and buys and Thursday is whatever. Then Friday, Friday is bicep day. Yeah. Every Friday's bicep day. And somewhere yeah, in bro. there you were going to do legs, but you didn't cause you did biceps twice. And that's, <laughs> that's, uh, cause you know, you can't go on a date with, you know, you're without doing the bicep thing. Right. Um, you gotta get your pump on. But you gotta get your pump on. When you're on top of a mountain. Yeah. That elk's not going to yeah. care about your biceps. Yeah. So when I got, you know, I got injured. This is how Doc and I got hooked up. Is I, I got tendonitis really, really bad last year. And it's just been, I put on like 22 pounds over the winter. Like usually I get a little fluffy over the winter. And this is the heaviest I've ever been because I just, I was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't pick anything up. I can't press anything. Like I've got a major issue. And we were at Poma um, all together. And that's when I started talking, you know, to, to him about that. He was like, we can get you fixed up and find a new way to work out and get you ready for this elk hunt. And I was like, that sounds great because I've, I'm, I'm screwed. Like, oh, um, and Poma, for those that don't know, is the Professional Outdoor Media Association. Yes, we were all, uh, we were out there. All in, interestingly enough, like, it, I, look at the the four of us here and it's very different all out there for very different reasons and from different angles and you know it's not like we're all media people or we're not all product people or this or that it and so it's it's honestly it's a great organization i'm still reeling from all yeah. the content oh, this is it my was third great. time a great it's week. awesome this is my third time it was really great yeah and like honestly it it's a it's a family like it's you know that's the one thing I noticed. You go to a lot of expos, especially like consumer expos, things like that. Even even something like ATA that's you know more industry focused, and it's just what's you know a- every- what's ATA? Hmm? What's ATA? Archery Trade, Archery Trade Association. Association. Uh, yeah, I know you you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't probably bother with that. Uh, um, or if you go to Shot Show, <laughs> where the good people hang out. There you go. Feel better. Feel better now. You've Get- never been to a show. Do you've been to a military show? 
right? Like you think I'm a nutcase. You go talk to a dude that sells missiles for a living. <laughs> that I, I do. They have a range day imagine. for that. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they'll let you fire the minigun or have a tank. It's Is like, his name Tony Stark. Tank. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It, in real life, it's kind of like that. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. No, Pomo was good. Pomo was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing I really like about Pomo, more on that topic, is you have, normally you have, like, in organization, you have people that are there to sell stuff. You have people that are there to buy stuff, and then you may have some people that are there to just check things out and let the general public, if you will, because it's private. And you're like, I have an archery shop. These people have a have bows and arrows, and you know, then there's a few people there. They're like, Hey, I'm just going to take pictures and shoot a few of these things and write about them. But at Poma, it was really interesting because you had both sides. You had, I mean, everybody. You're not just there just to sell something. You're there like, Hey, this is what we got. And you get the, they want your honest feedback. And, you know, you get to shoot, you shoot a gun and then you're like, okay, I like that. You shoot another one, like, that didn't feel good in my hand. And you can be completely honest and they want that. They want that feedback and, you know, they're okay with you. You you write up like, you know, it was a cool gun, but man, it just didn't feel good in my hand. I mean, it could be because my hand is bigger. It could be, you know, but my wife, she may shoot it and it feels good for her. But I really like that aspect about it too. A lot of r- really neat, like, photographers, um, like, fly fishing. Like, it kind of covered all aspects. Which is also in Tennessee. Jen. Yeah, the yeah. Dunn. The Jen Ripple. Dunn fishing, oh, yeah. fly fishing. Yeah. We're going to become fly fisher people. Is that is that the... Fly <laughs> fisher people? Well, that's the... I mean, you're sounding like a Californian right now. Yeah. You're a yeah. fly fisherman. You would be a fly fisher woman. Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know. I just use... Fly fisherman for everyone. Right? Fly, fly, you you, fly you like to fly fun. fish? Period. It's a lot of fun. I don't know. I am not. I've never been fly fishing. Well, you're from Montana, so you. I can. Fly I fish. love fly fishing. Yeah. I've always wanted to learn. That's like my new thing. Is, am I good at it though? That's questionable. Yeah. I gotta. I got definitely gotta start picking that up. So I anyone think, listening that really wants to teach me some fly fishing, I am super. Just down. come back, and Jen will told us that she'll teach us. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot like archery. And some of the things you gotta, you know, shooting anything, you got, you you probably have to do it over and over and over. And just, I mean, you I probably, want to shoot one of the English longbows, like the full six foot, the full like six seven foot long. So I'm really, I'm a geek, right? And I read a lot of like. 
you know, books that might have magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> and uh, I shit you not, man. I am the biggest dork in the gun business. Uh, like, like I love. Dude, like, you're, you're talking to a guy that used to run Dungeons and Dragons games. Exactly. So you know what I'm talking about. So um, <laughs> I want to learn to shoot a bow like they shoot in the SM Sterling books. I'm like, oh, man, that's kind of cool. Not like the Katniss bow. I'm talking about like. You know, there's a dragon, and we're going to shoot right. the dragon from the sky with the magic black arrow, right? Like, <laughs> that, I want to learn to shoot where, that bow. Where do you get the magic black arrow? Do you have to ruin everything? <laughs> I know a guy. Knows a I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. Do you get it from he, the druids, Allie? He makes <laughs> magic black arrow. And that's where we just lost all credibility. <laughs> I, lost all, I lost all credibility. It was a uh, question. You know. we, we had credibility to start with. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I'm a very well-respected um, member of the gun community. And he's a doctor. Uh, I play one sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so what What actually are you a doctor of? I don't Love. think we even... <laughs> that can be questionable. Uh, you know that song, right? Doctor of Love. Yeah. Doctor Kicking Love. people's asses in the gym. Yeah, no, yeah I'm, a, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, but my specialty is orthopedics. And I'm also a strength coach, so I'm a blend of a lot of different things. I'm, I mean, you are uniquely suited to working with athletes training for a specific right. sort of event or game or sport, yeah. you know, whatever. whatever or going on an elk hunt. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. like, for me, whenever I first got out of physical therapy school and everything, and I, my focus was, like, I wanted to work with athletes. Like, I'm, I'm an athlete, always have been. I wanted to work with athletes. And... As I went down that path, it was great because you know, I was working with, like I said, top-level athletes, and they're awesome because you learn like a there's a there's a mental side to being if you're going to be if you're going to be the greatest if you're going to be a gold medal winner or you're just going to be in the Olympics if you're going to be an All Pro or you're just going to be in the NFL like there is a mentality and some of those guys physically they're the same but there's a mentality to it too which applies over to what we're doing. As far as hunting and hunting and fishing, like if you like, okay, like I can go out in the woods and kill a couple deer and be decent, like or do you want to go and like backcountry, living out of your backpack for a week, chasing elk, yeah. like and bringing an elk home? Like which one do you want to do? Either one you want to do is fine. Yeah, there's just nothing a matter wrong of like, with either. Which one do you want to do? And you got to set your goals. What what goal did Tommy the Pinball Wizard have when he? Decided to be the greatest pinball player ever. That his, his <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so much fun. I love this. His, I uh, love doing podcasts <laughs> with people I actually like. <laughs> well, that's the best part. It's because yeah, screw it. And you're not, you're not even an American. You're a Californian. Yeah, it happens. You know, I'm brutal. But so like, tell so okay so this all started right. I'm like, waiting for the emails. They, they, I'm gonna I'm gonna post up your email address. I, I, listen, you I can send hate mail directly to my Instagram. It's R J A C O B H E R M A N. R Jacob Herman's my Instagram. Please oh my come God. on. We have a very lively debate on both Facebook and my personal Instagram. Um, I've got some friends that make me look very liberal. And there's a few people <laughs> that are still hanging on that actually didn't vote for Donald Trump. So that's a very weird conglomeration of people. And they have some very, 
vile arguments against each other, and it's awesome. So please come join us. <laughs> no, so this all started right. This podcast. So I uh, one you crashed at our house. Um, Wait, we just met this last week at Poma. We all met at Poma. Yeah, and now and uh, been a great week, great adventure. And, so, and I had offhand mentioned that I had been coming to Nashville, and I get a. I didn't even realize it was you at first from the Instagram message. Uh, I just kind of, cause you know, I were running around. I'm not really, you weren't paying attention to your phone. You were trying to go to sleep pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, I, I and I, then I kind of looked later and you and I got a message from you. Hey, some along the lines of, hey, dude, what the hell are you coming to Nashville or what? Was this after the night of drinking I don't when know. we're like, Sam's know. on this road trip I'm and we're on, like, I'm on the wagon. come to Nashville. Um, so uh, this we were started, networking, though. not networking. drinking. This it was, was networking. Drinking was an secondary completely. Networking social hour. I am going on an elk hunt. Uh, right? Yeah. Never been on an elk hunt. Um, we're going to the Spotted Bear Ranch. So it's like a real elk hunt up in the Bob Marshall. And I obviously realized that, you know, when you take a, like, when you're self aware, like I am, as a, as because I read a lot of Dungeons and Dragons books. Um, that I'm not in the proper shape to do the elk. And so I was talking to Doc here, and he was like, man, I will get you in shape. This is what I do for people. And obviously you were coming, and I was like, we'll, we'll make the podcast happen. But so what does this look like, right? Like when you have somebody like come to you, and they're like, I'm going on, let's take me for example, an elk hunt. I've never been on an elk hunt, nor am I a very agile um, <laughs> mountain climber like they are not putting me on um, any of those videos like you, the Hushin guys and the, the public hunter guys. And you're like watching them run up the mountain. And the, what was that? Was it f- first light that did the video where they're on the bicycles on the bear hunt? That's not me, right? I'm not at that oh, level. Oh, like born and raised outdoors. Yeah, those guys, right? they're always on the bicycles. And, uh, I'm like, man, I really want to do that. I would love to live in like Sun Valley and run up a mountain every day, but that's not happening. And we're going, you know, we're going to elk hunt and I got to get in shape. So if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, doc, like I am I am the commander of a beautiful desk in a cubicle and I would like to go on a hunt. Make me less fat. Right. Right. How does that process work? Right. Like, how do you like what we did today? Can you tell everybody like what we did today? So today we went through beginning. We went through just a little bit of a kind of what are your goals? What are you looking for? What do you want? We already kind of knew that. Cut some weight. You know, get stronger, be able to hike up and down mountains and chase down an elk. Also, we have to look at what are you what are you hunting with? Are you hunting with a bow? Are you hunting with a rifle? Because that's going to play into a little bit. I mean, if you're hunting with a bow, you're going to you'll naturally need to be a little bit in a little bit better shape, if you will, uh, possibly because you're going to have to get that much closer than if you're hunting with with a gun. Um, but either way, we want you to be in the top shape you can. And you know, where, where are you going to be? What's your goals? Where are you at right now? And then we go through a little bit of mobility. Like, you know, how well do you move? Because, you know, I look at it, anybody can write a fitness program. You, you can go to men's health and just tear one out. Like, hey, here, do this. Well, and them dudes are big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I have friends that work at men's health and that, that they help write the workouts. But they write the workout for a general public. And they don't look at how they move. You know, they don't look at like, oh, your ankle's stiff or, oh, your knee's not moving well. or Oh, like you're sitting at a desk all day. Your glutes aren't firing. Your hips are tight. So if we do this movement, it's probably going to hurt your back. 
So we're not going to do that one until we can know you move well. So when we first, we kind of went through some movement stuff, which with the beauty of the internet now, like, I mean, if we weren't just right down the road from each other, through the internet, we can video these things. You know, I can, I can, I can send them to you, hey, this is what I need to see you do. And then you video, set your phone up, video real quick, you know, Skype it in live or just send it, you know, whatever it is. And look at it, okay, and then correct from there, and then even have things that we can go through. Like I showed you some exercises, like, well, you know, you're, you, you say your hamstrings are tight. And then we do a few exercises, and you realize, like, well, yeah, my hamstrings may be a little little stiff, but if I activate my core, my, my legs move better. So there's a disconnect between the core activation and the legs, which is important when you're carrying a pack or you're crawling across, you know, trying to sneak up on something. So, you know, whether it be online or in person, we look at the movement process look at your goals look at what you're going to do and then we look at the equipment that you have available because everybody's different do you have a big rope you can use or a hose pipe or do you have a sandbag or what do you have and you know if you have a gym membership or not so we kind of look at all that and then i put all that together come up with a a program specifically for you where it is the mobility work that you need to warm up with to get you ready the mobility work that's going to make sure that decrease the risk of injuries. Like I said, you know, if you have tight hip flexors from sitting sitting at desk all day, you know, you you sit, you drive to work, you sit at desk, you sit at your desk, you drive back home, you you may have tight hip flexors. Well, now if we're starting to really load you up on some weight and doing some real crazy stuff, it may put your back at a at a bad spot where you're going to wind up with a back injury. Well, it's going to be hard to carry an elk out if your back's jacked up. So from there, so we look at all that stuff, put it all together, and then come up with the mobility exercise you need, come up with the right program you need. We look at the time frame, the duration, and then we'll even get into the nutrition side. You know, it's like, hey, you know, what are you eating? And we'll look at that and where you can – we'll talk back and forth of here's things that you can do to improve. Make sure you're getting enough protein. Make sure you're getting those healthy fats because the healthy fats is what actually makes the hormones for the body. And you need those hormones to recover. You need those hormones to build the muscle. And as you build the muscle and you have the right hormones, fat just starts pouring off. And so looking at all those factors. And, you know, and if, you're, you know, if you haven't ran in 10 years and you're – I've never ran. Yeah, exactly. Except and, from something. Exactly. And, and you, like, like you said, a bear. And you're the heaviest that you've <laughs> ever been. So there's no way I'm going to tell you let's go run. You know, no way I'm going to say, let's do a half mile. It's run. You know, we, we may walk stairs. We may walk. We may even talk about, like, talk about if you have a swimming pool, get in a swimming pool. You may do some stuff in the swimming pool, not swimming, running, like on your feet, because when you're in a swimming pool, you're half to third of the body weight. So you're not having the pounding on your knees. So we're going to look at that. Like, what, what have you been doing and where are you at? And there's Eating. no way, yeah, there's no way I'm going to have somebody on day one, let's go run, which is a lot of people think that's a great way to build your endurance. You don't run after elk. You you walk. Sometimes you walk really fast, you know, but you're not going to be running. I mean, unless, you know, you At are. At most, you're maybe like a quick sprint, like up yeah. a hill just to get around something. Right. It's, you're not like, you're not spending the whole day freaking hauling through the mountain. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say like our ancestors used to run after antelope and just like, but that was, even then that was like a slow pace, you know, because antelope can't, in a lot of animals, uh, they, they can't breathe when they're running that's why they have to they run the short distance stop and they breathe and um but even then like we you know if if we're good enough if you're on the plains you can just kind of just walk after them and finally they'll find a watering hole and you can get to them but so we don't really need to run a marathon we don't need to run that much 
So it's all in what your goals are, where you're at now. So that's the one thing I really like to do is make sure I meet you where you are. And instead of just like, here's a program, you know, like download this program and try it out. You do that, you're probably going to get hurt. So, you know, there's a good chance. So I meet you where you are and then walk with you all the way through that process. Definitely. So one thing that you did today that you said really stuck out with me, um, you made a good point that when you're hunting and you see the animal, you get an adrenaline rush, your heart's pounding, like you get so excited. And so you helped us kind of uh, simulate that, um, doing like short bursts of working out to kind of, and so that was really cool to kind of yeah. be able that to do that. high intensity yeah. interval yeah. kind yeah. of training. Yeah, it's about a high intensity training. And, and, and there was a study, I believe it was uh, University of Wisconsin, something like that, and they put heart rate monitors on deer hunters. And they noticed that if a if a herd or saw a deer, it didn't have to be a monster buck. It didn't have to. They didn't even have to kill anything. It was just they saw a deer. Could be a doe walked up. Their heart rate jumped through the roof, and through, it was actually above what their proposed max heart rate is which is normally like 180 minus your age whatever you know like there's different calculations for it but they they took that data and they was surprisingly how much it jacked up because when you're cold your your blood is actually thicker and you have to pump your heart a little faster to keep everything warm then you see an animal and you get excited and then if you and then there's a lot of heart attacks what they call like buck fever it's real like you get that that Mm -hmm. adrenaline going and you know, and if you do kill something and then you have to drag it out and if you're by yourself and you have to go out there and drag it out and then if you, you know, let's say if you're, if you're an Eastern hunter and you're not used to going out West, now you've got the elevation to deal with. Now you've got that thought in the back of your mind. Is there a bear watching me right now? <laughs> and so all these things are going in and so your heart rate is going to go that much higher. Okay. So if you're not I have in a question shape, right go here. For it. Huge debate. Um, my Old roommate, awesome dude. He's a vice president at IWI now. Sells uh, Tavores and Galils. Like, everybody in my world's a gun guy, right? <laughs> and Jeremy is, a, like, one of my closest friends. And he uh, was like a dude, right? Like a dude that carried a gun and went around the world and did the things for America. And uh, he was in a debate with another guy about the mask, right? Like the ox- the altitude training oh, yeah. mask, right? Um Bullshit or not bullshit to get auction training masks because we are at 683 feet here yeah. in Nashville, something like that, and uh, we're going to. You're going to be like ten thousand feet. Yeah, at least eight thousand. At 14, I'm out because I've had altitude sickness before at 14, and I was yeah. like, "That's not fun, man." When you start hallucinating and stuff, a couple of that little hypothermia, and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah." So, yay or nay on the. The altitude training mask. Is it real or bullshit? So, I mean, I actually have one. Uh, so, because most things, whenever people ask me and I want to try something, I just try it myself first. Whether if it's a workout. Which is awesome. If it, yeah, if it's a workout, if it's a, you know, if it's like, hey, what about this kind of diet? What about this kind of food? If it's like, I'm going to try it myself. Like, okay, let me try it and then I can give you a firsthand account. If I don't, I'm like, you know, uh, I've tried it and and I've read a lot of studies on it. A lot of different things. And the, the altitude training mask, the main thing it does is it makes it harder to breathe. So if you get higher elevation, it's harder to breathe. But it does not make the particles of the air 
any different. So if you get in like a if you get in like a, a chamber that is made, they can pressurize that chamber so that so the molecules of air. The reason that we have trouble altitude. The reason that well, what gym has that? Uh, you, I mean, there's places that have those chambers that you can find altitude those training. Yeah, the chambers. altitude training. Yeah. There, and really? you can there's there's ways to make them your own. Oh, they're expensive. I can imagine. Yeah, I'm I'm sure here in town we probably have. I mean, we, we've got like the salt floating chambers and all that infrared saunas. I'm sure somebody has one. Uh, I've never looked into it. What can I do as somebody east of the Mississippi? Right. Let's just right. just just be in general east of the Mississippi. Even if you live in the Smokies, you're at yeah yeah, yeah. four thousand. Right. Right. What can I do to prepare for this massive elevation change? So be in the best shape you can. What's the acclimation time? Because she and I were just talking about this, and every like the like when you go on websites, it's like there's base camp. You have to spend X amount of base camp right. time in Nepal at this level, and yeah. then you move to base camp, right? And that's a pretty scientific. That's if Everest, I go yeah. to Montana, we're, we go in the Bob uh, September fifteenth, whatever that general air. We I pulled a dual combo elk tag. That's a what they call the backcountry tag. Is that the way it's called, Allie? The backcountry, it starts a little earlier in okay, those yeah, areas, okay. right? It starts, it's called the backcountry, whatever. We're going in, and we're going in the, there at the Spotted Bear Ranch, which is the Orvis, Orvis facility. It's really awesome, but they run trips out of there out during season, and it'll probably be at what? 7,000 7, just there? Up. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact elevation. But we're going to go up from there. What's Lewistown? Uh, Lewistown's about, uh, 6,000. So my mind, we were going to go up September 1st and spend two weeks in Montana. Right. Is that enough time? Is that, that'll be super helpful. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you have all the, so you look at one of the best ways to look at that is Tour de France. So you have what would happen, the blood doping thing. Yeah. Okay. So what they would do is, is whenever the, you know, the blood doping debates and things like that. They would train and say, like, if they were in the U.S., they may train, like, Colorado Springs, somewhere like that. They would even use the the chambers, like the pressurized chambers. And, and anytime you go at higher elevation, so the way the atmosphere works, the reason, like, it looks different when you get higher elevations and, you know, sometimes bullets fly differently because right. you don't have – because your your particles of air are just spaced out. So there's less oxygen because there's, like, there everything is spaced out more. That's why you, you get in space, there's like you can float around because there's nothing to really hold you down. So they're just spaced out more. So the, the mask is not going to make things spaced out more. It's just going to make it harder to breathe. But by getting there early, you can, your body can acclimate faster. So, I mean, it, but, you know, if you only have, if you're, if you're like, I'm landing on a, I'm, you know, I'm flying out there and I'm landing and then I'm going straight to the mountain. You know, during a rough couple of days, you, you you may have a rough couple of days. So that's when you want to look at. There are some supplements. You know, like, I mean, people like talk about taking vitamin B, vitamin C, things that are going to help boost your oxygen capacity of your blood. There, you know, there's the vitamins. And once oh, again, yeah, I've heard about that. Being yeah. in better shape, like like B12 is one they talk about. And you know, and some people, I mean, if you went to the doctor, you might even get like a B12 shot. Um, you know, like leading up to it, which might help. That's what they give people on Everest, isn't it? Yes. They, yes. Is it a B12 shot? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Or an B- adrenaline shot? Uh, I probably don't know. everything. Probably every. Yeah. <laughs> every, uh, there's probably a little bit of everything on Everest, but, but you know, like like B12. You know, you could take it over the counter, and that might help. Um, it just kind of depends. Like you know, it, it does vary. Some people are more apt to altitude sickness than others. Um, you know, and it, it depends on where you're at. But if you can get there early, and say if you get 
to Montana and you're at 6,000 feet. You know, you might spend a day there. But then, like, the next day, you maybe you just go, like, for an, a gentle hike, you know, maybe up another 1,000, 2,000 feet. Just take it easy and then come back down. And maybe do that over time. And you might find another peak, you know, in a couple of days. You're like, hey, I'm, going to, I'm just going to 9,000 for two days. Next right. day, I'm going to go to 10,000. Just, like, go there and then come back down. So your body is generally – it's just the same thing as working out or doing anything else. Like, you're not going to go out and shoot a thousand rounds the first day you ever necessarily go shoot you know you might you, you might shoot a thousand rounds over time but you know, a thousand rounds you might get sore you might get tired of shooting a thousand rounds if it's your first day ever shooting not if you got a machine gun not if you got a machine gun that's true <laughs> but but you know but you're going up and down you need to get acclimated like that and but if you're i mean if you're flying in you're like man i'm flying in i'm landing and my hunt starts the next day well, you know, the the ideal is the better shape you are, the more you are to adapt to whatever's thrown at you. You're, right. the, you're tougher to kill. That's the way I look at it. Like, I want to be – I'm just going to be the toughest dude to kill, like whatever that takes. And so if you're in better shape, you're tougher to kill. And you're also going to be better off to kill something. But even on that first day, you might think, okay, I've got a week out here. The first day, I'm not going to do anything crazy. You know, like I'm just going to – like I'm just going to take it easy – I'm going to take plenty of breaks, drink plenty of water, make sure that I'm feeling okay. Which is another thing. As you get dehydrated, the higher mm-hmm. up you get, every time you breathe out, you're breathing out water because there's not as much air. There's not as much water in the air. So as you breathe out, you're breathing out water. So you want to make sure and drink plenty of water. Best way to do is look at your urine. It should be like light lemonade pretty much. As, if, as it gets darker or as it starts smelling, you're, you're already dehydrated. Um, you know, and your brain's going to quit functioning as well. Your heart's not going to function as well. And so then you're not going to process oxygen as well. And you're, you know, you're just getting yourself in a hole. So stay hydrated the entire time. Make sure you have your vitamins and stuff. By the time you're sitting there and you're like, I'm so, I'm really yep. thirsty. You're done. It's too late. Like you need to be, yep. when you're not thirsty, you still need to be drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So just like plan it out. Like I've got this much water and I've got to drink so much, whatever. So even like they say at 2% dehydration, your brain is already D- diminished like your brain power is diminished at two percent dehydration so drink plenty of water uh you know and just and just make sure you got all the right gear make sure you're as ready as you can be and then you know if you got a week 10 days at least on the day one or two just like think about that as i'm not hunting i'm scouting so you're not going to try to cover as much ground you're just going to try to go to a point a peak and sit there and just glass and look listen and because if you're just sitting there, it's different sitting at 10,000 feet than it is hiking at 10,000 feet. You know, your body's going to be able to adjust a little bit better. Okay, I can adjust this. And then you may stay there for a little while. And if you start feeling funny, you come back down. Maybe go to a different spot that's lower elevation and glass and look. You know, but if you can get there early, that's going to help out. But if you're not, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of us, you know, if we're you know, I've, I've got I've got a hunt coming up, and I'm probably going to fly in a day or two before, and head straight to camp. Where and are you going? Idaho. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's a pain in the ass to go hunting. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, but let's finish, let's finish up because yeah, I that's exactly talk what I was about talking about. Though, like, yeah, but you know, but so like wherever you're going, like if you can get there early, it's going to be better. So I mean, yeah, if you can get there a week or two early, then you're going to be better acclimated than if you just fly in let's go hunt i i ask you that whole diatribe yeah like 
<laughs> well, but my thoughts are too, you know, going to acclimate at the same time. It's if you're not in good shape at this elevation, right? You're not going to be in good shape at that elevation. So it only gets extra, worse. <laughs> extra time to acclimate yeah. isn't so going to isn't going to make no up for faith. that. In me getting in shape. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you, Allie, I'm for the saying, support. You know, you want to be in good hunting shape before you get up there. So yeah. when you do get there and acclimate, you're, you know, you are ready for the hunt right, yeah. at any elevation. Yeah. All right. So let's go around the room. Rooks, if people wanted to find you on the interwebs, where can they hunt you down? I'm pretty much uh, Dr. Brooks Tiller across the board, D-R-B-R-O-K-S-T-I-L-L-E-R. So uh, drbrookstiller.com, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, Dr. Brooks Tiller. We'll get you there. Also have, um, you can, healthyhuntertv.com. I put a lot of videos, things up there. I say a lot. I put the videos I I get finished (laughs) in my crazy life. And then I also have keto in the wild, so low-carb, ketogenic-type recipes, a lot of them feature wild wild game. Some of them are just so easy that a three-year-old kid can do it. So that's kind of uh, where you can find me at. And um, if anybody needs anything, needs some help, getting ready, getting a little bit healthier, and you know you don't want to go down to the gym and do it, and uh, you want somebody who understands what you need to do to be out there running around in the wild, then hit me up, and I'll be glad to help out. All right. Jacob, where are they finding you in Night Vision? Uh, night Vision is nightvision.com. It's Fission, F-I-S-I-O-N, right? So that we dropped an S. It's, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's on Instagram, the Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's R. Jacob Herman, and I'm on Facebook. It's pretty easy to find. Um, that's it. Make sure you go leave a very polite comment on his Instagram. Oh, man, we have some. We had a thing the other day that had like 600 comments on it. Nice. Right. So I post a lot of like, um, you know, I love Africa and love hunting in Africa. So there's a lot of discussion about that. And I'm rabidly pro-gun. And so we have some very uh, heated discussion with people that don't like guns. There you go. Yep. Go check that out. All right, Allie. Is this where I say my my nickname in college? My yes, n- you, can, my, you can talk about that now. So my name is Ali Spika, and Spika is S-P-I-K-A, which is kind of hard to pronounce. And in college, um, you know, everyone knows what Pokemon are. There's a Pikachu. So in college, my nickname became Ali Spikachu, and uh, somehow that stuck. So my Instagram name Spikachu. is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's A-L-I, Ali Spikachu, S-P-I-K-A, and then C-H-U for Spikachu. All right. Well, I will link to all of those on the show notes <laughs> page for this episode when I get that up. But all right, y'all. Thank you so much for hopping on. All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode 109 of Living Country in the City. Make sure y'all head on over to the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 109. And check out links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Also, y'all, make sure you uh, stay tuned for episode 110. Hear the rest of this conversation. Y'all, we really dig into some good stuff in the next episode. So make sure y'all tune in. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. 
Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com.